This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello, and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you like more information about what you hear during the show today, give me a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while on the website, click on the podcast page to see our past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And feel free to also schedule an appointment if you'd like to talk about some of the topics or you have any general questions, uh, either in person or virtually. You know, today is a, the second part of a conversation about traveling in retirement, going on an adventure in retirement because uh, oftentimes the the number one thing that folks that are, are going to be retiring want to do is travel, right? And, and that is a, a really important thing for them. They've been working for many years. Oftentimes their schedule is not allowed for travel. So retirement is an awesome opportunity to pick up, go on an adventure and travel. And, and this topic was inspired by uh, my love for, for uh, a movie series, Indiana Jones, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary. I was watching it. Uh, and I was like, you know, we should really talk about travel and going on an adventure. So I want to continue that topic from our last podcast. But before we do that, I want to welcome in my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today? Well, I'm doing good. And I was just kind of laughing to myself because uh, we were struggling. We didn't want people. We were talking before the show, you and I, Peter. And just to give our listeners a little insight into the the the, the uh, inner workings here of the show uh, we were kind of laughing about, well, we don't want to call it, you know, just build a retirement full of adventures because that was our show last week. It's a different show and we don't want them to be confused. So I suggested we call it the return of the sun of <laughs> retirement of adventures. And uh, you said, oh, it reminds me of the Godzilla movies. And then you said, uh, I could talk for about Godzilla movies for a half hour on today's show. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Sadly, sadly, that's true. I uh, grow, Growing up, I pretty much had all the Godzilla movies. So maybe next week we'll talk about Godzilla movies as a whole podcast and bore the living snot out of our, uh, our, our audience. Okay, we'll move on soon. But uh, uh, before we do, I just I have to ask, did you see that latest one, Godzilla versus Kong? Well, yeah, I did see the latest one, which is part of, uh, I think it's uh, Warner Brothers. Anyway, they rebooted it, sure. so that was that was the um, one of the the I'll call it a sequel to a, a string of movies. They had Godzilla and yep. then Kong, and then Godzilla Strikes Back or something. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I saw it. I thought it was great. I mean, a lot of people criticize it. When I watch a video, a movie like that, I just I'm not. Ex- I don't have high expectations well, for no. cinematic whatever. I'm looking movie, for monster. Right? I'm looking for monsters yeah. to beat each other up and destroy a yeah. city. And if that's the level, then that movie achieved everything it sure. needed to it's achieve. It's a monster so, movie. Uh, that's what exactly. that's what you want out of a monster movie. And I saw it, and I had heard bad things. And you know, we watched it at home. You know, streaming. And yeah. my kids and I, we enjoyed it a lot. I liked. I was surprised how much I liked it. The only part I didn't like. And that I really had to roll my eyes at was the, and I don't want to spoil anything, but the whole 
uh, prehistoric world in Middle Earth. <laughs> that just. <laughs> that... Well, yeah, that's but that harkens back. But truly, that's kind of a. a uh, an homage to Jules Verne, sure. right? Journey to the well, Center sure. of the Earth, right? That's yeah. the concept in that book. Yep, and it and is. That the Earth is hollow and that's what's inside. So, um, which was cool, but you're right. But again, I didn't sit down to watch that movie thinking I was watching The Godfather, yeah. right? An Oscar caliber performance. I, or a documentary, right? I read some I'm reviews that uh, the reviewer was <laughs> like, he was expecting, uh, you know, a scientific study uh, and documentary no. it's like well no <laughs> <laughs> correct correct it's a monster movie and i sat yeah. down and enjoyed a monster yeah. movie so so it's speaking of adventures i mean we're talking about some great movie adventures raiders of the lost ark um godzilla versus kong hopefully your retirement will be nothing like godzilla versus kong but there was a lot of great traveling in that movie and it's been an there was. action-packed discussion so far uh what do you have for us first yeah, like you mentioned, Tony, right? We, we in the first podcast, or the last podcast, we talked about designing trips around uh, different, d- different concepts and stuff. So I want to continue with that and, and some really cool ways in which you can pick up and go on an adventure where maybe the, the trip is planned for you and you don't have to do a lot of thinking about where you're going and it's, it's going to be a great experience. So uh, another way to, to create a journey or, or do something that's a bit unique is through um, river cruises. Uh, folks, this is starting to become more common. And so you've probably heard about it, but this is a, a situation where you, you essentially book a, a cruise ship. Uh, it's usually smaller than the ocean liners and you travel through one of the famous rivers in the world, right? Whether it's uh, down the Nile, whether it's the Seine in, in, in France, whether it's the Danube in, in Eastern Europe. And essentially you're on the boat and the whole trip is planned for you. you and there's stop-offs at major cities, the food, everything is all inclusive. And a lot of times with these uh, types of accommodations, even the airfare is included in the price of the overall cruise. Truth of the matter is these types of things have flown under the radar because when you say going on a cruise, most people think of the big giant cruise ships that sail the oceans. But again, river cruises are, are a way to really see a, a country or a continent. Uh, and considering considering rivers are a major part of our history, right? They In human history, the rivers play a huge uh, part of it. It's a great way to see the world and go on an adventure. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is really neat. Now, I'm not a cruise guy like ships, you know, cruise ships. Uh, I've been I was on one and I said, nah, never again. I'm just not a fan of it. But some people love that. But now these river cruises, these are very luxurious and a whole Mm -hmm. different thing. And, you know, I've seen the ads and and watched some of the videos. You know, you go through those major rivers uh, in beautiful areas, you know, through Norway or uh, Greece or wherever. Uh, they look beautiful and and the boats look amazing. You're not all packed with yeah. thousands of people uh, no, in little no. rooms. You know, that's what generally generally speaking, Tony, you know, you're on a, a ship and there's probably may, uh, anywhere between 30 to 40 other couples. So upwards of 60, 80 people. And the room size is going to be generally your standard hotel room size. Yeah, right? It's not going nice. to be more like the sardine can you're packed into with five or 600 other people on a on a, one of the big cruise ships, it's it's a smaller ship. It's a more intimate setting, um, and it's it's usually generally more luxurious. And um, it, it, again, it's a great way to see some of these areas. And 
other than you getting to the airport. Once you get there from from wheels up on the airplane to when you get home, most of the trip is script is scripted for you, and you don't have to worry about all the logistics uh, of seeing yeah. you know stopping at different spots and, and taking care of those those aspects of it. Yeah, and you're right. I think it's a great way to see Europe or Africa, South America, Asia. I know they all have these luxurious uh, river cruises. Now, I have a quick question for you, though, Peter. I'm guessing that some of our listeners out there are excited to take some of these trips we've talked about today, but maybe they're concerned that their current retirement strategy isn't going to give them the funds they need to do it. So let's say somebody's still maybe a few years away from retirement. Is there still time to change that strategy a bit with the goal of maybe providing more retirement income? Yeah, absolutely, Tony. I mean, the the perfect time to sit down and start talking about this stuff is usually you know five to seven years out from retirement. But even if you're only three, two or three years out, that doesn't mean you shouldn't sit down with a financial service professional like myself and and start figuring out. Okay, here's what I want to do in retirement. Uh, here here is my savings. Here are my sources of income. Um, how can we figure this out so that I can do you know one ha- meet all the expenses I need for for day to day living, but then also if I want to do some of these adventures that we've talked about and that we're going to talk about here uh, later on in the podcast, how I want to build that into my budget and make sure that my money is going to last so that I can do that, especially in the early part of retirement, right? When you're in the the younger decade and a half of retirement, um, where you still hopefully are able to, to do these types of trips and walk around and hike and, and do that activity, you know, we want to make sure that your your risk savings or your risk uh, appetite and your savings accounts are appropriate so that that money is going to last, making sure the streams of income that you're counting on to provide both for your daily living, but also for those extra goals and hobbies are is also going to be there for the duration. So to answer your question again, Tony, yeah, it, you know, the perfect time is really, I say, uh, five to seven years, but even if you're only a year or two out, it's never too late to sit down with someone and start mapping things out and create a uh, a plan to figure out how to pull off your retirement goals, especially if they include, as we've talked about, going on an adventure. Right. Yeah. And th- that's a great point. And uh, I'm glad uh, that you clarified that for us. Now, uh, to move on with some ideas here, one of my favorite things uh, to do, you know, I'm a foodie. And uh, sure. before you laugh, uh, I want all our listeners to know the radio adds 100 pounds. So... <laughs> Uh, no, that's why I'm on the radio. It's not a visual medium, uh, Peter, but, um, sure. hey. but, but I love to watch food shows. Uh, are there any travel adventures centered or, you know, you know, around food or for foodies? Yeah, I, absolutely. Right. How many times, uh, I, I love one of the shows I love, um, is, uh, you know, by the, the late great Anthony Bourdain, right. Parts unknown. Oh yeah. Where he would travel all around the yeah. world and, and it's, it's focused around eating him being a chef. Chef, and how many times have you sat there and seen that show and said, boy, I like to kind of go there or piqued your interest yeah, about traveling? Sure. And even if it's not going to, you know, uh, Kurdistan in, in northern India or, or Iraq is not on your list, but traveling to, let's say, Vietnam or Morocco or even France or Italy, right? Because you like that food or you've been to that local restaurant yep. and it's piqued your interest. Any of these countries, you can without a doubt build a trip around um, culinary uh, exploration of that country. And for the most part, you can even find companies online, tour guides, what have you, that will build a trip or will have some sort of trip that will highlight um, or build a a whole experience around stopping at some of these uh, key cultural areas and restaurants even uh, that, that cater to food. So 
uh, it's a great way to to kind of not only do you get to see the country, but you know, a country's food says a lot about yeah. says a lot about its culture and its people, and, and it's a great way to really you know experience uh, where you're traveling to. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I, you know, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it, hearing you talk about it. Yeah, and I right. too, Anthony Bourdain, he was great. Uh, I'm sorry yes. he went so early because his show was amazing. Um, and and of course we still love local businesses. And don't forget to go, you know, to your local favorite Vietnamese or Italian restaurant after you get back from your trip. But it it would be fun to explore the truly authentic places in those countries. Uh, I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to be you know cliche. Everyone loves Italian food, but. Uh, from experience, I've been fortunate. There's nothing like sitting on, on the the canals of Venice and eating Italian food um, and getting that full experience. It's great oh, to go yeah. to the Italian, local Italian restaurant because the food's great. But when you add that, the authentic food cooked right there in the country while you're sitting there, there's a whole nother element uh, that comes into it. So again, it's it's a great way to, to do travel. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's next? So, so another piece that, you know, I talk to people about or when they talk about traveling, right? Everyone wants, everyone wants to go to the, the common places, right? Uh, whether it's Paris or Venice or Amsterdam or London, and there is nothing wrong with those places. And if you haven't been there, um, certainly it's worth checking off the bucket list. But keep in mind, if you are not able to travel um, in the shoulder season, the off season, and you're stuck going during the regular time, those those places are going to be very crowded. And just because you want to go there uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't also explore some other places that aren't as, uh, let's say, uh, advertised as much, but they're just as beautiful. For example, the Crooked Forest in Poland or the Enchanting River in the Philippines, Apostle Islands in Wisconsin, locally, locally meaning within the United right. States. Those are all areas that you probably never heard of um, or looked into, but they are just as beautiful, if not more than some of the, the higher end or the the more higher build places to travel. So if you have the ability or you're looking for some place to go, you know, check out some of the least travel places or, or places off the beaten path that are going to be one cheaper, but also provide just as good of, of an adventure as let's say going to Paris or Venice. Well, I can attest. I'm glad you actually brought up the Apostle Islands. Uh, they are in Wisconsin <laughs> uh, and beautiful. Uh, being from the Midwest, I've actually been there and I know all about them. Uh, it is, I think it's one of our country's best kept secrets. I mean, I'm surprised. See? It is so beautiful. I mean, as long as you don't mind, you know, typically you have to get around, you know, in a boat or a lot of people go canoeing around the Apostle Islands from Island Island. So uh, it's very cool. I mean, uh, I would highly recommend it. I mean, there's a lot of places that aren't like, you know, everybody thinks Paris, London, you know, Venice, uh, those are popular yeah. vacation destinations or, or certain tropical, uh, places like Hawaii or, uh, you know, things like that, Cancun, but you know, what about Madagascar, you know, or like you said, right. the crooked forest in Poland. I've also heard about that. I haven't ever been to Madagascar or the crooked forest, but I have heard and seen pictures and wow. Uh, I think those would be, I'd be game for any of those trips. And, you know, the thing about the places you've mentioned is that even though they might not be as famous, uh, they're still easy to get to. I mean, they're still as, e it's as easy to fly to one of these places as it is to Paris. So, Yeah, without a doubt. And and having having the, the good fortune of traveling through Europe, uh, airfare, oh, 
pre-COVID and hopefully things will return back to, to post-COVID. But yeah. generally flying around Europe or flying around some other parts of the world is actually easier and cheaper than flying around the United States. So That's flying true. into so, right, find into some of these places, whether it's in, in Western Europe, or, excuse me, Eastern Europe, Poland, or, or any of those old uh, former Soviet countries, it's a lot easier to get into them uh, and fly to them than it is in the United States. And usually it's less expensive. So, you know, again, don't just, uh, again, visit Venice and visit some of those places. It's worth doing, but also keep in mind, there's a lot of places in the world that aren't as popular, but are just as beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, obviously another thing a lot of people might want to travel around is, you know, exploring, um, monuments highlighting the sacrifices that were made during both world wars uh, could be one yeah. thing and i think a popular war history trip right here at home would be uh, a maybe a driving tour of civil war battlefields i know a lot of people are into uh civil war memorials things like that like gettysburg uh, vicksburg mm-hmm. and they they do a good job of uh making that war's history come to life yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You talk about the the world wars, right? A lot of retirees, a lot of people are history buffs. And so um, being able to visit, whether you're you're a World War II history buff and, and you want to visit the, the beaches of Normandy, um, or for example, the, the series HBO did Band of Brothers uh, about 20 years ago, there's trips that are that are, are made to follow the 101st, right? The Easy Company as they traveled through Europe. That's a great way, one, to to, to beef up on your history, see what some of those places look like today, but also see parts of Europe. But you're also right about the Civil War, right? There there was a major, a significant war fought here yeah. uh, 150 years ago. And and the truth of the matter is there's lots of battlefields that are, are you can still go to that haven't been built up. And it's a great way to see our own country, um, understand the history. And, and if especially in the southern part of the country where the Civil War is, is uh, still, I would say, a bigger part of their history, um, there's a lot of off the the beaten path places to go that are they're pretty cool to see, and it gets you to see some of the the uh, nooks and crannies of America that you might not have gone to before. So yeah, you know, uh, if you're a history buff, if you're a military buff, there's there's a lot of opportunities both in Europe, for example, but also in our own country sure. to to not only experience your history, um, right, visit those battlefields um, and what have you, but also uh, get to see the country. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's really uh, correct. And I think that's a, a another good theme. And since you're talking about themes, uh, travel themes or themes to plan trips around in retirement, uh, what's another one you have for us? Well, Tony, you can plan your trips around movies. I mean, we kind of joked about it at the, the top of the show, right? About Godzilla. You always go visit Tokyo and, <laughs> and see that the, the city hasn't been destroyed by a giant fire-breathing monster. But but the truth of the matter is there's some great itineraries built around, for example, HBO's uh, uh, series Game of Thrones, right? Which is based on a book um, or the Lord of the Rings, right? The Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy, they were all filmed in New Zealand. And there are specialized tours that will take you all around the country to show you the different low filming locations and because new zealand is beautiful no matter where you are um this is a great way one if you are really a, a tolkien fan and a fan of either the books and the movies um this is a great way to kind of live out your fandom but also 
see a beautiful country that is New Zealand because that that movie uh, that trilogy was filmed all around that island uh, nation. So it's again, it's a great way to see it both live your live your uh, Lord of the Rings kind of fandom fantasy, but also see a beautiful country. And when it comes to Game of Thrones, the the great part or the cool part of Game of Thrones, right? It was filmed all around the all around the world. So Northern Ireland, Croatia, Morocco, Iceland, Spain, Malta, all these places played a role or, or a setting within the Game of Thrones world, but it, it, there are trips that are constructed around visiting those spots, whether it's uh, airline, you know, they, they'll do a continual airline where you jump from city to city or a cruise, right? Those river cruises we talked about, some of them have been set up to visit these places via cruise ship. You take two or three weeks and, you know, you, you visit the port of this uh, port of call, see the stuff that happened with Game of Thrones, and then you're at sea for a couple of days going to the next site. So there are many trips built around you know, some big hit movies, whether it's Band of Brothers that I reference, whether it's uh, uh, Game of Thrones or uh, the Hobbit series or Lord of the Rings, any of those that were filmed in, in really beautiful spots can also be a great way for you to experience um, some of the settings that were in those those series. Sure. Well, I think that's great. And, you know, I, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan and uh, I've seen documentaries and you can go like that tour you mentioned. I'm glad you brought that up because... Uh, I've seen that you can go to New Zealand and they actually have, you know, some of the uh, hobbits houses in the Shire out there. OK, so built up where so, they so listeners them. are <laughs> listeners are going to find out very quickly that I am a huge Lord of the Rings. I'll say this. So Hobbiton, yep. which where which is where the hobbits live, yep. Bilbo and Frodo, in the Shire, they yep. actually. Yeah, in the Shire, they actually preserve yeah. that, so you can go and now see Bag End, and it looks just like it does in the movie. Or you can go visit uh, Edoras, which is the capital of Rohan, which is kind of out in this giant, a, a huge prairie, but it has the mountains all around. You can actually visit that, and the set of Edoras is still there. So you, it's kind of like you're walking around this literally Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth town village yeah. um they never they never took it apart and they've actually kept it up so that you can ex- almost experience what it would be if you were riding into rohan and riding into the capital yeah, it's, it's amazing it's, it's pretty interesting i haven't been able to do it but it is on my bucket uh, on my bucket yeah, that's list, not one of the cheaper trips uh, new zealand is not easy to get no. to that's <laughs> well <laughs> that's not a trip no you have to be ready to sit on an airplane for 20 hours at least yeah first off to get there yeah. Um, and then if, if you're going to go to New Zealand or, or Australia, that, that's not a week-long trip, right? Because of the expense and the time it takes to get out there, you, you need to dedicate two or three weeks. You have to carve that out of your schedule to be able to do yeah. it um, because it's not one of those things where you're going to hop on a plane and go back the next year generally. So yeah. that's why it's perfect for retirement, right, Tony? Generally, most of us who are working don't can't carve that much no. time out. But when you're retired, you have more flexibility to do that. Yeah. So um, getting out to New Zealand or Australia to, to see, for example, Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit stuff is is generally a retirement bucket yeah. list thing more than it is for those of us still working. Right. Well, I, I think this has been a great discussion. We're almost out of time, but I think it is a good time before we go to reinforce the importance of working with someone like yourself. Uh, Peter, a financial services professional, if you haven't been already, or even if you are to get that second review on a retirement strategy and plan, uh, you know, so you can uh, make travel like we've been talking about, the kind of travel we're talking about today, part of your retirement dreams or your actual retirement. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, Tony. You're sitting down and, and talking with a financial service professional to create a plan, or if you've kind of come up with one with someone else and, and maybe you want a second opinion, you know, coming up with a plan that obviously we need to meet your day-to-day needs, but also takes into account some of the, the I call it bucket list, but some of the items that you really would like to do, whether it's traveling or playing golf every day, what have you. Today, we're talking about traveling specifically. We need to make sure that you build a plan that achieves your goals, right? It's your retirement. We want to make sure that the next, hopefully, 20 or 30 years of retirement is going to be fulfilling and that you get to do what you want to do. But to get there, you need to have some sort of plan and a plan that that is holistic in nature, right? It's not just about, all right, we need to invest money and, and away we go, we're done. No, we need to make sure that money is invested uh, in a way where it's not uh, exposed to a lot of risk. It's going to last for your lifetime. We also need to make sure we're maximizing Social Security, making sure we understand where all the streams of income are coming from and, and are they going to last for, for your entire life and your spouse's life. And also like taking into account taxation. I mean, just today I read an article that tax rates very likely will be going up. Well, every dollar you pay in taxes is a dollar that you don't get to spend on what you want to in retirement. So making sure you have a holistic plan that deals with risk, deals with taxation, deals with um, streams of income in retirement it is very important. It's going to allow you to travel and go on adventures in the way you want to. So if you're interested in putting that together, give me a call 866-360-2724 or visit us online at the IVAG.com and we can start that conversation either in person or virtually, whatever you prefer, uh, and start getting you set up with a plan that's going to allow you to do what you want when you get to retirement. Yeah, that's the key right there. Well, thank you so much, Peter. And give that phone number our listeners can call one more time. Yeah, it's 866-360-2724. All right. And that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Lawson. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Laufenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Tilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Laufenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.